welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, there's a bit of a chill in the air this weekend. Mm, indeed. There was. Just for a day. Just just for a day. Did you have some, did you have a little bit of cooler weather, Tay? Or just us? We always get your weather like a little bit later, so today it's actually really nice and cool. I walked outside and it felt like fall. It was very, very nice, very exciting. Yeah, we had one day it was rainy and outside it felt like fall. You could wear jeans and a light sweatshirt and it was very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm. Perfect weather. It was. Best time of year. Justin and I had a date where we sat outside at the restaurant and ate sausages in the cool weather. <laughs> you ate sausages in the cool weather. How romantic. It was very that, nice. That I thought that was going to sound romantic and then you brought sausages into the conversation and I don't know if you can romantically eat sausages. Uh there was a giant pretzel there too. Well, hmm. pretzels are good. What's more romantic than a giant pretzel? I'm just picturing like the lady in the tramp scene with the spaghetti, but just like just <laughs> each coming <laughs> a sausage or a giant pretzel just coming from well, each of you coming from one side of it. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did not do that. We used knives and forks like civilized humans. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, not on the pretzel, though. You don't use a knife and a fork on a pretzel. No, you use those hands. Yeah, tear right into hands. that. Uh, yeah, it, it's been cooler. It ins- we were Justin and I were inspired enough the other day, although it was still hot that day, to check out the Halloween tent. Yes, that has gone up outside our mall. I, I love wonder the is this a tent. universal? So I don't know. Is this a thing? I want to know actually Do, I because mean, I get very excited when I see the Halloween tent. We don't have them in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel that. like you all probably have Halloween stores, though. We do have the Halloween stores that pop up. Like, they, they're not year-round. They just, like, they move into, like, an abandoned, abandoned building. And then it's, like, yeah, becomes a Halloween store from September until November. Are they always, are they all spirit Halloween? Is that? That's the only one that I see around here. Yeah. Now, I will say, um, New York City does have a year-round halloween store it's called halloween adventure and it is amazing like i they get really busy obviously during halloween but they stay in business year round i mean we would probably check out a halloween store i would check out a halloween store all year round if it was whenever i'm around there i pop in just because i'm like i don't know what if i need something and i always find something that i don't need but i have now (laughs) Uh, i need this bag (laughs) of eyeballs Maybe I'll need them. Who knows? It's my balls. <laughs> I uh, I was at um, like I think it was Target or Marshalls, one of those stores, the other day, and um, we were going shopping for our dorm, and we were just getting like some soap and and pillows and curtains and things. But they had all of their fall and Halloween stuff out, so I was like, oh, hold on, we need to check this out. And of course, the hand soap we got was pumpkin scented, and that's our first step into you know fall and halloween is the pumpkin scented hand soap but there was someone who is standing by the little like uh decorations you can get that play music like the more like halloween specific less fall things Mm -hmm. there was a little like mailbox looking thing that played a different halloween type song whenever you pressed a button there was a person standing in front of that mailbox um pressing the button over and over and over again and just slightly bobbing back and forth to the music for maybe a half an hour and i was like you know what that's the kind of halloween energy i want in my life <laughs> they, were, they were living for it i don't even think they ended up buying it I, it was just they were just standing there playing each of the different songs and i mean i was in the aisle over like what is are they playing halloween music what is i'm or, here for that ooh, i'm i'm here for this i like this i maybe like this the, move maybe that decoration just came with its own ghost like that was like you know, and a yeah. ghost that repeatedly will play the the song for you and stare off longingly into the yeah. distance. I I like this time of year, and the more like the more elaborate and early that the Halloween decorations start, like that, that you can buy. It's like I'm one of those people that will put like a cool like raven skeleton like a fake raven skeleton in my apartment just that's decoration to me so it's just like cool i get to update the decorations for my house yeah <laughs> this well, time of year <laughs> it's decorations and then also like costumes like i don't that's true. i mean i'm an adult and i don't only need costumes at halloween 
So no. I have children. They need costumes constantly. Charlie is always wearing some sort of costume. I'm beginning to think I'm using the word need wrong, like inappropriately here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I need costumes all the time. <laughs> don't think I can comment on that because I fall into that. <laughs> My children need costumes all year round. I don't, eh, do they? Okay. Well, either way. Uh, we, we had to check out the Halloween tent as soon as it went up. It was sweltering at that time. It, the chill it had not arrived yet. Yeah. And it was very hot. So we were not in there very long. And there's always like you have to get through. They put the big stand up, really scary yard decorations right, right in the, in the front. front. Yeah. And so we always have to like rush the children past them. <laughs> don't look, don't look, don't look. Don't look, don't look. Because they both like cling to us and look at us like, what are you doing? You're Why did you parents. do this to us? Why are you taking us into this death tent? Look at those things. <laughs> this is terrible. You know, I, I remember as a kid wondering, like, wow, who's the family that gets to buy those? Like the zombie coming out of the toxic waste bin and it's like full size. And now that I'm a fiscally yeah. irresponsible adult and I look at him like, I I could buy that. <laughs> not a, it's not a good thing that I could do, but I could. So I don't I don't know. Maybe it's families. Maybe it's just people like me that are a little bit farther over the edge. I don't know. We lived across the street from a family for a while yeah. who would put that. It was a little girl on a swing that would sing creepy songs. Yeah. She looked like a little like zombie girl uh-huh. and she would swing back and forth. And I mean, it was a child sized it was very real lifelike. Yes. Yeah. And it would do, and they, it would sing all night. It was like motion activated. So if a car drove by or something or the wind blew, it would make her move a little bit on the swing and then oh, she'd no. start singing. Terrifying. And it was all night long. So like you'd be 3 a.m. laying in bed asleep and hear this little like, la, 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 la. Uh, and it was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's why you moved. That's why you moved from that yeah. house. We Definitely. left. So we moved. So you moved. <laughs> so that was that's the only solution for that. <laughs> we uh we buy Halloween yard decorations because our children love their Halloween buddies and we have already purchased a new Halloween buddy. I, I may have mentioned before Charlie liked a little teeny Jason from, you know, Friday the 13th, Jason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh he's a little teeny guy like like a foot and a half. Yeah. Tall. He's actually kind of cute. He's very cute. He's this little squat Jason. <coughs> But his, he is still holding a bloody holding knife. Holding his little bloody knife. And she loves him. And then we have a little teeny Dracula, about the same size. And uh, and those are Charlie's original Halloween buddies that she loved and would carry around as a child. Yeah. And pat them. I'm and now Cooper. Yeah. Cooper has adopted uh, Sam from the movie Trick or Treat. Has come. <laughs> little punk-it. What does she call it? She punk-it? calls him either a little guy or a little punk-it. That's her attempt at punkman. Punk, pumpkin. 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 We'll That's try. her attempt at punkman, which is also an, an incorrect <laughs> way of saying pumpkin. So he lives with us now in our home. We brought him home from the Halloween tent. We rescued him. We've adopted him. You adopted him. He lives with us now. That's a dangerous, uh, dangerous little guy to bring into your house there. Yeah. I mean, he's really scary. And Justin also is child sized. Yes. He's also child size. He's bigger than our other buddies. Yeah. Uh, but she loves him. She's already fed him some cauliflower and hummus. Nice. Um, she just pats him and says, hi, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hugs him. She loves him. I have, I, I, if I shared pictures of my children on the internet, I have a great picture of the two of them hugging <laughs> and her cheesing at the camera as she hugs Lil Punkett. Lil Punkett. Please, please send that to me. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, but anyway, so it, I know it. We're rushing the season. It's still August, but yeah, a week. Well, what? less than yeah. a week from now, it won't be though. It'll be September. Look, there are those people that start celebrating Christmas like in October, like November. I just why can't we just do the same thing with Halloween? That's fair. It's, it's not like just it's, it's not that different from stuff that you want to do year round anyway. Watch some spooky movies, eat some pumpkin stuff, <laughs> uh, be morose i love all these things <laughs> being morose I, there are no more rules folks it's 2019 <laughs> trump's president world's gonna wanna, end soon anyways yeah the, yeah the sea is boiling if you want to celebrate halloween in august we are we are living in some sort of horrible survival horror 
like reality. So might as well have a pumpkin spice latte all the time. Yeah, I, I say it's fine. I have no problems with it. Uh, and there is a there is a movie out relevant to our interests on this podcast. Yes. Uh, that that was a, is a great way to kick off the spooky season yes does this mean we have we are signing ourselves up to do spooky episodes every week until spooky season i don't, is I don't over? think we can commit to that, that i don't think excessive. we can commit to that yeah. that's like eight more i think we let's just we'll just have a, a spooky section every week okay i'll workshop ah. it we'll get back okay to that. <laughs> all right well we can well, that we can manage it's like rilo's candle corner yeah except it's taylor's spooky corner no, yeah that's, yeah Spooky uh, Nightmare Corner. Uh, spooky Second with Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. At some point, we can invite Mom on the show to continue educating us about all of the songs that she used to listen to when she was oh, younger that she's secretly learned were secretly about, about, drugs. about drugs. Yeah. That was the text thread we were on last night. The three of us and our mother. Mm -hmm. Telling us all of the songs from the 70s and 80s that were about drugs. And then you joined. Yeah, yeah I, you, you did. <laughs> I, I I regret that As I did contributed. I. <laughs> I I didn't mean to. I don't know why I fell into that trap. Something came over you. I mean, the answer is all of them were about drugs. They were all secretly about drugs. Yeah, that's it. There's yeah. the answer. Um, but uh, I saw a movie. You saw a movie yesterday before yesterday. Uh huh. And you all have seen this movie. Yep. And yes. it is it is a scary movie. Yeah. Was it scary? It's uh, scary adjacent. Suspenseful? So scary stories to tell, to tell in the in dark. The dark. Uh, which is a, a, a film that is based on the some of, we've talked about those books on this show before. Yeah. Some Many of the time. best and uh, most disturbing books of at least my childhood. Yeah. Well, they're from your all's generation. They were written when you all, and published when you all were younger. And, uh, um, I remember they were in the big box of books that got passed on to me along with a bunch of Archie's and like babysitters club books and stuff. Yeah. I remember looking through that box once and I couldn't have been more than like probably eight years old. And I remember coming across those books, like all four of them and just looking at the drawings on the front, like there's uh, only three, three. Yeah. I remember looking at the drawings on the front, just, Oh, and, Oh uh, no. We've said it on the show before. The art really... I, yeah, I mean they're scary anyway, but the art is what made that. I remember yes. reading those books and just covering up the drawings while I was reading, so I could read them and not have to look at the illustrations. Because that's the thing that I wonder about those. I do think there is a fourth volume, sort of adjacent to that series, but it's different art. I thought mm. there were four. There oh, okay. is. It's like I stand I corrected. I can picture the cover. It's either like a like a like a sea creature, or a wolf monster, or something. But the art is different, and. And now that they've they've re-released these books for the same age range, but they've changed the art, which was a little controversial, uh, because I would argue that I don't think those scary stories, some of them were a little weird and a little disturbing. I don't think they were particularly scary. I think it was like, I would say 75% the artwork, 25% the actual stories as far as the scare goes. I agree. I agree. I, I saw those. Uh, we were at the bookstore the other day in the kids section. Not, I was not contemplating buying those books for my five-year-old or my 18-month-old in case anybody was worried. <laughs> well, but I, I happened to see them as I was looking at other books in the kids section. And I pulled them out to look at them and the art was all different. And I said that to Justin. I, I think you've, you've lost it. You, if you change the art, you've, yeah. you've, you've lost the thing that made these books. Um, I, and like they were like one of the, I don't want to say they're one of the most banned books from kids but they were certainly up there like parents were outraged by these books and i i think the scary pictures were a big part of that <laughs> uh well whenever they are ready i have the originals i've rescued them from our from some box in the basement lab yeah. a couple times when i was home before and uh i have them all so whenever your children are ready to be permanently traumatized by the art of stephen gamel i believe is the illustrator for those uh then yeah just let me know yeah, I, I someday I want them to be exposed to that. Not yet. Um, in case you're also curious, there is an article online that ranks all 82 scary stories really? from all books. It ranks them from worst to best. What? Uh, I don't... You go ahead. Oh, I, I want to know. Well, 
we'll get. I, we should get to that. I at least need yeah. to know the worst and the best. Yeah. I, at least, yeah. Important. But but Taylor, I, I will not. I, I will not jump to that yet. We need that information at some point. Oh, no. what I'm were just you about curious. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. I don't. I don't need the whole list, but I do want to know what they consider to be <laughs> all right. The best and the worst. The worst is the big toe. What? Really? On That's not true. That has body horror. It's it's a haunting. That one's it's that one's very scary. And having now seen it uh, realized on the screen, yeah. horrifying. It's upsetting. It's very upsetting when he eats the toe. When he was <laughs> honestly just that whole part with the with the stew, just kind of my stomach was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I thought they did a pretty good job in the in the movie of picking out the ones that I think stuck with us the most because I definitely remember that one from childhood. Just something about the thought yeah. of like like digging up a cadaver's toe from your backyard and putting it in a stew, like the whole yeah. that. And I thought that sequence in the movie was pretty pretty good. We'll get to the yeah. movie more in detail, but all right. So that's the worst. I don't agree. Uh, and I want to say what the top two are because both the top two are actually in the movie. Okay. Um, number two is the red spot. Yeah. That's Which, iconic. I mean, who, who, who? I remember who? reading that one and being like, that's what's going to happen whenever I start getting acne. Yeah. Spiders are going to come out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. Acne isn't real. It's just spiders. Sorry, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's rough. Um, any guesses as to number one? Any favorites? That is you... it Harold? It is Harold. Uh, okay. Yep. Which I get. Now, Taylor, you're you're gonna know maybe. I, I think maybe you'll know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is not the way that story ended in the book, is it? Uh doesn't isn't it the scarecrow's like tanning the skin on the roof? Yes. Yeah. I I remember that one being particularly gruesome and I'm pretty sure he skins the guy and he's he's like letting his he's walking back and forth on the roof like letting his skin tan so he can yes. make a new a new scarecrow right yeah yes. this says that is- in the description that in the original story harold's payback for being you know the scarecrow's payback for being abused by these farmers is he skins them and spreads out their bodies to bake in the sun yeah yes okay. that that i i wondered about that change and i mean i i guess i should say we're going to be talking about the movie and there are there are spoilers spoilers yeah um if you've read the books i don't know i mean still i guess Still, there are spoilers. differences and yeah. spoilers. So there are spoilers, uh, but that I found that change. That was one of the changes that I did not, I did not think was for the better in the movie because the end of the original story. I remember what stuck with me is that so these farmers are mean to a scarecrow, and then ostensibly the scarecrow comes to life, murders them all later, and then stretches their skin out on the roof, yeah, to dry in the sun. To make new scarecrows. Or, yeah. And the way that they talk about it is you hear there's somebody in the house still. Somebody is alive because they wake up and they hear like a tap, tap, tap on like the tin roof. Yeah. And they go outside and look and it's Harold running back and forth across the stretched out skins. I have this like vivid picture in my head of just like hearing like a, a tap on the roof and looking up and seeing a scarecrow just scampering across my room scampering across some stretched out human skin i mean it's a it's a very upsetting yeah. even the story outside of the imagery that the story is like i mean it's it's stuck with me all these years yeah you know it, it's interesting because it, it makes me realize how much of the original books rely on you imagining a sound but obviously it's a book you can't hear it so you'd think to have a movie medium you can actually hear these sounds but to that extent i think you kind of realize where like something is lost when when something is gained because the sounds that you heard reading that book be it like me tie dodie walker or the tap tap yes, on the ceiling yeah. or like you know the you know the ghostly voice asking for their toe that's so much scarier in your head than it could it ever be in a film and it's weird how much those books relied on imagined sounds yeah that that it is very true that that uh the me tie dodie walker was another one of the like in terms of things that scared me terrifying that was way up on my yeah. list. I don't know. I don't know if you two felt that way, but that oh, yeah. that yeah. And it's weird. It sounds like it shouldn't be, right? Because it was a weird story. Like the story didn't, like that's 
that's where I think those books were at their best. Because, like, the, the red spot I get, because I think it's just that one image that all sticks in her head, the girl screaming and, like, that long, yes. drawn-out face and the spiders. I But that's, like, an old urban legend. Like, that story is not an original from that book, I would say, right? Like, that, that idea I, I, has been around for a while. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where it came from, but I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, yeah. And that one is one that was different for the movie as well, right? Mm. Me Tai Doty Walker. Oh, Me Tai Doty Walker was. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember that being exactly like that in uh in the book. No, because I do know that the jangling man was as they called it, the the monster in the movie. That was the original creation um because there was no illustration to go from for that. Oh, okay. Uh yeah. Now I, I don't think I don't think that all the body parts fall down the chimney in the original story. I thought just the head did. I thought it was just the head. And it's such a weird story. That's what I was going to say. That's where I think those stories really shine. It's just the weird ones. Like the dog is saying something yeah. weird. And then they work that into the movie. And for some reason, when I read the book and the idea of this dog talking back in this weird, like, what does he say? Like, Polly Wally something like. Dingo, dingo. Yeah like, yeah. yeah. like that, the dog in the movie kind of verbalizing. I'm like, that's just strange. I don't. Okay. But in the book, it was terrifying. The idea that your dog starts talking in this nonsense language. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, and that that one used to, that one haunted me when I would like close my eyes at night. I would think I heard someone out there yelling, "Me, Ty, Doty Walker." Which what does that even? What is what, that even? What does that even mean? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, now I did think visually that creature in the movie was pretty freaking scary. Yeah. yeah, very. Well, um, the whole visual of like a. a person made of person parts but walking like hunched over and backwards and the the parts move and are forwards and backwards and upside oh yeah mm. oh. yeah that yeah. that was a Just good kidding. and i did i mean because i know uh guillermo del toro wrote the sc- or he had a hand in the screenplay or maybe produced it he didn't direct it like it's not entirely yeah. his production but you could feel his hand on things at certain times when it was like especially like mm-hmm. monsters that were equally fanciful and weirdly beautiful or like just very fascinating to watch but also terrifying i feel like yeah yeah he's he's great at that well i mean i felt like that uh that monster from me tied doty walker the jangling man is that what it's called yeah um that was one that wasn't in the book like an illustration wasn't but almost the way he was made looked like an illustration from that book Mm -hmm. like the his face and just like the amount of detail in his expression looked like it was a drawing from that book. Yes. Like it, it very much went with the whole feel. Yeah. They, they definitely rose to the, the challenge. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. Cause I, I felt, I felt like if that image had existed in the book, it would make total sense with the yeah. other artwork. That had me wondering like, was this in the book? That was yeah. this picture in the book? I don't remember it, but maybe it was. Um, I mean, cause Harold looked like I remember Harold looking. Yeah. In the mm-hmm. book. The hug monster. The hug monster. The hug lady. <laughs> when you look at a picture of the hug monster from the book and the one from the movie, I mean, it's exact. Like, that is exactly what it looked like in the book. Yeah. I, and I, it's, it's weird because it's not uh, the story. That's another one where, like, the story is just kind of weird. And, I mean, I guess it's kind of scary, but it's just kind of weird. But then you add the, the hug lady and, whoa. That face. Oh. Yeah. Because of the original story, that's, I, I thought that was, oh, that's, that is, it's an, this is an evil place. That's just like, because I was thinking it's very similar to Room for One More, but that's not the same story. No, uh-uh. Okay. That is a different story. Um, yeah, but it, uh, I, I agree. The imagery, and that was very well done. I felt like the red room and the hallways and her coming at him, and I felt like all that was a very... yeah intense sequence i don't know that the the payoff did it for me yeah yeah just being absorbed into her her, her nice soft tum-tum it actually seemed kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> it, it did, did seem kind of nice i was like oh they're hugging oh okay well bye all right. just, bye like oh it's this is a, this is an evil place come into my nice soft tum-tum i'll keep you safe little boy and that seems all right <laughs> like she seemed very nice she like did. i would have hugged her yeah like, I, I know that's why if she had been heading towards me with that smile on her face wanting to hug me i probably would like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well sydney <laughs> you wouldn't last in this world oh it's just, it's just you know she just she's in the hospital she wants a hug i'm a doctor i can i can help i can do that <laughs> i'll give you a hug that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I would i would not fare well <laughs> i did 
I've I've always very critical of jump scares in horror movies because they feel very cheap. But uh, I I will say the build up in the toe story as far as like we all knew it was coming. It was clear that I think you like long before it happened you knew where the monster was going to be. Yeah, and then I yes. kind of appreciate it because the visual payoff, even if it was like a like a two second moment where you saw the the face, it was like once again like that exact illustration from the book. Yeah, yeah, like eyeless, you know, feminine corpse. Yeah. yeah. No, that that was good. That whole scene, it was, and the grotesque was definitely there with the stew. They did a good job with the grotesque. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I appreciated that. Um, yeah, but I, I did have I, all these night, all these good things aside. It was a good like if you're looking for a good scary movie, it it definitely played on my nostalgia for the books. Yeah, it hit on. I mean, I will say just knowing that they were about to tell me, Ty Doty Walker, like as that story started to be written in the book and I realized what was about to happen, I got chills. Like I had a moment of terror because of all of the associations I have with that story. Yeah. With that from my childhood. So like I, I, bravo on those things. I felt like well done. I did feel like because I had such high expectations for it, there were some things that I would nitpick about it yeah and i mean i i think that all the tellings of the the stories and the monsters and the callbacks to the books that we've talked about are good things about the movie but to me there were some i mean we're talking about it because it's like a 2019 adaption of a of you know late 80s early 90s books and i think it's about teenagers and um i think some of the problems with the story came from you know well the the over the overarching yeah, I almost, I almost would have preferred personally, I think, uh, just an anthology. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was kind of hoping it would be and kind of expected it to be, mm-hmm. um, uh, which, you know, isn't one big cohesive story, but makes sense for those books because those books weren't one cohesive story. Those books were just anthologies. I, yeah, I, would agree. I thought the weakest part was the story that they built to kind of tie them all together. Um, yeah. And... I don't know. I mean, speaking of like, you know, you started off st- talking about Trick or Treat, which is like I horror movie anthologies are one of my favorite things ever. And yes. there are so many that are done so well and it fits the format because that's the thing about scary stories. There are these little short stories. They have real brutal, gruesome payoffs that come real quick and then you just move on. So it does mm-hmm. seem like the perfect format is already like a well-known like thing and horror it is weird that they decided to make it like a, a larger thematic movie yeah well and it it exactly what you said the brutal gruesome payoff it kind of prevents you from being able to do that well because you're using your main characters and you can't that's like i justin and i had a theory after seeing it that the girl in the red spot ruthie yeah that in the original uh like like thought process the plotting of this movie i bet she was supposed to die probably but if she does her brother hanging out with his friends trying to solve the mystery in the next scene kind of falls apart right yeah like it you can't have those kinds of consequences and then expect the other characters just to continue on with the story story, yeah so you you have to blunt which is why like two of our characters just disappear yeah I, I mean, are they dead? Maybe. Who knows? Well, they kind of left it open at the end for, I would assume, a second movie. Right. Th- that was my assumption, too. Yeah. Is that, that way we can have a sequel. And then you have the, the Ru- Ruthie, the red spot girl, yeah. who, I, and that really lost it for me. <laughs> so she had spiders in her face. There were spiders all over the bathroom. People saw them. People saw them. We have established that spiders definitely were there. I mean, there were spots all over her body where these spiders were coming out of them. She had physical markings where spiders were coming out of her body. So, why was why why have we have, why have we put her in a psychiatric hospital? Well, but then you get the final shot of her just like in the back of the truck like smiling with like a small little like wound on her face Stitch. yeah yeah like yeah. okay yeah now let's let's hunt this eternal evil together and find my brother um <laughs> yeah i don't i think it, it kind of it kind of weebled on that line between it, it it's not like what is the rating on that is it r or is it pg-13 pg-13 okay so i think yeah. that's the thing is that you could have pushed that property to an r rating very easily 
But I think yes. to keep it PG-13, you can't have explicit child death. <laughs> death. I would guess. Yeah, they just kind of disappear. But they don't care about Tommy, though. Well, but, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can unscarecrow him if if you define. I don't know. Like that was like, like one of the most shocking moments in the movie for me. Where like up until that point, you're like, yeah, it's a scary movie, but you couldn't tell it's like intended for like you know middle schoolers, mm-hmm. high schoolers could watch this and like it's not gonna give them nightmares. But when he got stabbed full on with that that pitchfork, I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what? And they, but now I will say that like I felt like they went over and above to try to make him as reprehensible as possible yeah like there's the one so- character you didn't like that did get killed by the scary story and in in 2019 that character that they had yeah it was it like took on a whole new level and i i felt like that was intentional yeah he had that like dead-eyed sociopath thing yeah you know where it was just like i have no regard for any kind of human life whatsoever yeah and I'm feeling nothing, and you have no idea what's happening behind my eyes, yeah. and I'll do anything. Didn't you feel that? Yeah. Like I, and maybe this is just a testament to the actor, but like I, like he, he was more disturbing to me than, the than a lot monsters. of the scary yeah. stuff. Like so, I mean, I feel like that they, they set him up to be like, you're not going to care what happens to him because he's just so awful. Yeah, <laughs> is that like a weird stipulation for PG thirteen? Like, okay, okay, you can't kill kids unless the kid's a total. Just a total jerk. Just a total, yeah. total butthead. Then that's fine. Like, yeah. as scary as possible. I mean, like, think about it. Like, his his girlfriend's like, please don't lock my younger brother in the cellar of this abandoned house to die. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't like it? I'm shoving you down the stairs. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that, yeah. that does make me like, because there's, there's the, the scary stories, and then there's which I don't know how I feel about the choice of like the backdrop, which is Vietnam. I, well, I was the trying other to, thing I wanted to talk about. I yeah. was trying to figure that out the whole time because it, it's set in what? 68, 69. Oh no, it was an election year. So probably 68. I think it's set in 68, no. isn't it? 60, 68 or 69. Um, I know a lot of times with more modern scary movies, they set them in a not modern time because you have questions like, oh, they would have had cell phones or, you know, they would have had cameras or something like they wouldn't have been doing this or doing that. Uh, so I guess that part of it makes sense, like getting rid of the modern technology to tell this story better. Mm-hmm. But they didn't just use a backdrop that makes it so they can get rid of modern technology. They like that's not a backdrop either. It's like a part of the story. Is the fact that this is taking place in in like a Nixon presidency Vietnam era? Yeah. Wait, that I don't know. Was this was it the sixty eight election or the seventy two election? I think it was sixty eight. Yeah. Because it was in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, part of it I felt like, well, I think they're cashing in on the the current like, I mean, just Stranger Things. It kind of has that same like, let's put it back in a yes. decade. Let's let's. And that, and I think it's hard to write like modern horror without it having to be somewhat self-aware. Like yeah. you can't put a bu- you can't put out a teen horror movie and ignore the fact that every teen growing up now has you know a lexicon of understanding of horror in their head. Yeah. Uh, unless you just just completely write that script like as if it doesn't exist, they don't exist in this real world. So I think it's an easy yeah. fix just to roll back the clock. But then to put it up against the very real terrifying situation of vietnam and end with one of your characters like it's kind of a almost happy ending but he's like on his way to vietnam like a war it's like yeah uh, right okay it well i that that was part of what bothered me is i feel like there were a lot of movies that use that time period yeah as a backdrop especially like like things that are scary or disturbing or upsetting because it was a time when and i wasn't alive then but this is what people older than me will say (laughs) it was a time when young people look to adults and realize that one they don't know what they're doing two i can't trust anything they're saying and three they will send us off to die Mm -hmm. and not think twice about it and they're and they're not protecting us they're not helping us and they're not in it for us we're on our own and so it's a great 
time period to set horror films. Yeah. Because you often have younger people, teenagers or preteens or whatever, who are on their own against some sort of unspeakable evil. Right. And the adults don't listen to them and don't help Exactly. Them. The adults yeah. don't save them. They don't help them. So, like, it makes sense. But I would argue that it is no longer necessary to do that because we have that situation yeah, kind now. of re-entered yeah. that same era <laughs> I, I think that people growing up today are having the same reaction to authority figures and to adults that people growing up then did yeah. and i don't think it's necessary to call back to that time period i think you could say the same thing about you know the younger generations looking to adults right now and saying uh climate change is happening and we are terrified and we're the ones who have to live in this world and you're doing yeah. nothing and we're on our own and you don't care yeah. like it would be so easy to tell that story in 2019 i don't know why you decide to set it well like why do you yeah. have to set it in the 60s and, and make it so present too yeah and even to have like your your crazy dead-eyed bully that's a total racist it's like you could have put him in a maga hat and had it been modern times. same exact thing like, yeah right i mean like that there was no reason that that all that stuff is how young people are feeling now and it just i don't know if it was like an out of touch or if or my other guess is it's just easier to set a horror film before cell phones were invented i think right? it is like i think a lot of people i mean the stranger things is kind of the same right like they have this older technology they incorporate, but it's also easier to do a lot of the things they do knowing that kids would be playing D&D &D together or like using radios to communicate, mm -hmm. not, you know, texting I, and, and playing video games. Yeah. Although that so. is something that we talked about, the amazing walkie talkies of horror films. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amazing like that they work across town. Like, right. I, I, I don't know who had these walkie talkies. I didn't yeah. as a kid, but like they all have these incredibly long range walkie talkies. <laughs> Uh, and I, I will say at least at least a touch of it has to also be Guillermo del Toro's influence because he he always makes like his his movies are always sort of or his horror movies have been highly allegorical for like political climates so like that probably like the to bring that in like makes sense I it's a kids movie yeah. so it feels a little heavy handed but I think like he always he 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 tends to mix horror and like political like allegory very seamlessly so I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, mean, it makes yeah. sense. It, makes, it sense. makes sense. And there was this second level to, I think, all the scary stories that like they're scary stories that existed before. They didn't write these for these characters, but they did write the characters for the specific scary stories that they, you know, mm -hmm. um, were subject to. And I think there was like this weird, like, if you look, there's a connection for each of the personalities, of the characters to why that story is for them or like why that monster but it just seemed like it, it wasn't it wasn't as deep as like an adult scary movie that also has this deeper level of like meaning and, and connection to the characters, but wasn't as shallow as just like a, a kid's scary movie that's just kind of like mm -hmm. monsters. It wasn't just random. Yeah, it wasn't random. You could tell if you thought about it like, oh, well, uh, that jangling man came for Raymond and called him a coward because, you know, his, his inner monster was the fact that he was, what, a draft? dodger that was his thing well that yeah. was why he was on the run so, uh, i i yeah and he said like, yeah <laughs> he, he said it was his brother right that came back in pieces so it kind of made sense yeah. like then there's this corpse the that, man was in true. pieces that's true you know but, or um augie who whose dad is not present and his mom is gone a lot and he's talking about this scary story that his dad used to read to him all the time mm -hmm. that now is coming to life with this food his mom has left him while she's left him again on his own to take him. Yeah, I, I think that there were definitely all those things kind of hinted at, but I also think, like, I, Justin and I spent a lot of time after watching the movie talking about it all, and I could pull out a lot of this stuff on sitting and reflecting and but thinking not about it. Huh? But not during. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I, that's the, that was my complaint is like, I, I didn't feel it during. During, I had a lot more questions. During, I felt like there were a lot of things that, seemed off or reactions that I didn't feel like I don't know how we got from like the main character's dad in the beginning of the movie is like disinterested falling asleep in front of the television don't stay out too late to like him crying on the phone and telling her it's not her fault that her mom yeah. left 
it just felt like a one eight, and I didn't know like are you tell is that because I'm watching is that <laughs> like yeah. oh we heard the audience was here let's have a conversation about how it's not your fault that your mom you know yeah. I mean it just it felt very off like what is well, and like how is it not my kids missing there have been some kids murdered um I only have one question where the heck are you yeah stop talking about anything else where are you I'm coming now like yeah. that's your only right as a parent that's your and, only conversation and the main character is supposed to be this outcast that only has her two friends and everyone else makes fun of her and doesn't like her but are we I, I have been in high school and maybe not in the 60s but like I've still been in a high school setting I don't think someone's mom leaving is what you make fun of them for. That seemed a little wild. That to seems me. a little wild, right? That, that like the yeah. reason everyone makes fun of her and doesn't like her and picks fun is because her mom left. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess like it 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 makes me because I always I always think of this as far as somebody that like I I like I work in comics and illustration and there's always sort of the the argument like is everything better when it's made into a movie or is there some stuff like in intellectual property that's it's better in a smaller medium it's better in a more personal yeah. medium mm -hmm. you know it's better in black and white and i think like this movie makes a pretty solid argument for were the were the books the perfect medium for these stories and this sort yeah. of imagery yeah. i i think so i i mean i really i think it will probably do well i would bet it's rated well yeah because one, if you have no familiarity with the books, if you're just seeing it, if you're a younger person who never saw them growing up and you're just seeing it because it's a scary movie, I mean, it delivers on scares. Like, there's scary stuff in there. Um, and I, a lot of the acting was very good, too. Uh, but I think that if you're like me, somebody who's seen it as much for nostalgia, you're still going to, like... I mean, I have... I Like I said, I have complaints... But I had an enjoyable experience yeah, yeah. and it was neat to see my childhood come to life yeah. like that. So I think it's going to do well and it's going to be rated well. I mean, but it has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. That doesn't surprise That's me. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, and I would recommend people go see it. But I, I think there was this little voice in the back of my head that was going, but it could have been better. It could have been right. better. <laughs> I, I agree. And yeah. I assume I assume there will be a second one. I, it was the most like obvious unsubtle way of saying there is going to be a sequel to this movie at the end of it when the main character is doing this you know internal monologue mm -hmm. and just says like I know there's a way to find our friends and bring them back and I know it's somewhere in the book and we're going to find it first we had to rescue Ruthie from the psychiatric yeah. <laughs> hospital where she went because she got a spider bite and yeah. she's going to be the one to really help save the day we couldn't do this without Ruthie. You, you know what a big role she's played so far <laughs> yeah. in helping. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I do. I, yeah. I, I do wish it was like just because I think that's that also like having an explanation like, oh, it was this girl that was locked away by her family because she was. I'm not wrong in this because she was an albino. Yes, yes, that is what I understood. The, she right? had albinism. Oh, and yeah. you see her. She's also like the the way that you see her, like in the flash. It's like she's got long dark hair. So I was a little confused. Like she just was really pale. Yeah. Like this is, she, I don't know. I, and, I, it was. All, I, I don't think it's clear. Thought it was going to be something other than that. I, honestly, I, I also for me, if you're going to introduce a supernatural element in a movie, I feel like you have to have rules for the supernatural element. I feel like that's very important in a horror film. Yeah, and. There has to be like a thing that you have to do at the end to satisfy the supernatural force so that it goes away. And I felt like she kind of talked her into. She, she did. Like that was what. Definitely it, she wrote her It was like, like persuaded yeah. her. But but it wasn't like a magic. Uh, you need a you need it to seem like a magic spell. Yeah. Like she said the right thing. She did the right thing. But instead it wasn't that. She like talked her into letting her like. I don't she, like, know. Wrote it, it like, a, like yeah, she like wrote two lines of her story. Yeah, she like wrote two lines of her story and was like, "See, I'm gonna do it." And you I, can't I wrote talk the first part of it into stuff. Yeah, that doesn't seem. At least I, that's my supernatural like horror of, film of rule. Movie. You can't yeah. talk the ghost horror into films. it. You say the magic thing that makes the ghost listen to you, but you you can't talk them into well, it. Well, and, and to that extent, it's like I think that once you start getting like rules and ways to defeat it. It, it stops being scary. The scariest thing about horror is the unknown. The scariest thing about those stories is that 
what the what the heck does me tie doty walker mean you don't get an, an explanation you don't know what it means move on to the next story why was there a, yeah. a corpse buried in this person's backyard so they could mine a toe who knows who knows what happens at the end it just ends in t- like the unknown and the complete like the lack of reason for his why why did harold come to life like you don't get any reason anything can happen like it's not about yes. like did you break a rule did you take a book you weren't supposed to take it's it's the senseless senselessness of horror and like the stories that I think is the scariest part. Yeah. And so once you assign rules to how to defeat it, once you give a reason for why this is all happening, it kind of sucks some of the horror out of it. It's like, oh, it's just this angry, sad ghost lady. She's doing it all. There's a reason. It's all understandable. It's something we can digest now. Horror yeah. is way scarier yeah. when you can't digest it. Yeah. I think that's why those stories work better as, as an anthology book series because the story ends, the person dies or gets eaten or turns into a scarecrow or whatever, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, there's no going back to see how you save them. There's no right defeating the overall evil. There is no overall evil. It's just like a bunch of scary stuff. I also, not to belabor it, but I would, I would also just throw in there this thought the main, the, the, the bad, the bad force the bad guy the bad girl the the person who is responsible the bad girl the bad well we always say the bad it's yeah the bad person yeah who's responsible for all of the bad stuff that happens in the film uh was abused and tortured right. yes and feels rage because of her torture and abuse and i feel like a story where she is the evil force and like the way that she's defeated is basically somebody saying like chill out it doesn't give you a right to hurt other people yeah <laughs> it's a little I mean, you know little, like uh, that's uh yeah. really yeah uh, is that really the story we need to tell right now is that really our concern is yeah. like but if we abuse people then they might get mad and hurt other people so let's get mad at the victim of the abuse instead of like why don't we go back to like old Ephraim and right do that or whatever that other <laughs> name was do that well, i don't remember there was a weird Ephraim name do that like they're the they're the bad guys could we talk about like her family they were the bad guys you know i yeah. don't know i just i i do want to know how that master 2019 that plot of like blaming the lady they had locked in their basement for these kids dying like how did that work like oh they they played in the river that was poisoned by us and then they died it was the girl we have locked in our basement (laughs) like what what yeah how did the totally normal thing we did which was lock one of our children in the basement you know and then she killed your kids and by the way and so for that we'll lock her back in the basement don't call the cops or anything yeah, it's like, no, but your kids died of poisoning. She did it. Poisoning that comes from your, what was it, like a paper mill or something? Paper mill? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. That's a weird, that's a. There's no one in this movie named Doodat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just been looking at the whole IMDb. There is Ephraim. And there is Harold. There was another one that in her no family that got, Dudat. that got killed. No one named and Dudat. There was a, <laughs> there was a story about them uh, it was a weird name i'd never heard i thought it was doodat but i don't think it there, was there were some weird names doodat. i i i think i i i want to agree with you and to the extent that there was definitely another weird name that i went that's a name but i will not it, it I was, will not co-sign it was, it was, on doodat i will not say doodat <laughs> Well, uh, I would recommend. I would still recommend. It's a good, good if you scary like scary flicks. Season. It's a good scary flick. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I, you could, you could spend an evening in a lot worse ways. You'll probably watch it with with your kids it, too. It, yeah, not, not like scary. scary. It, it'll get you yeah. geared up for what comes out. I believe next week, which is the second chapter of it. Uh, also, yes. like a oh. dated in the past, like you know, story that was mm-hmm. from our well from. The mini, the original miniseries was on TV when we were young, and then the actual Stephen King novel was from the eighties, I think. I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I'm very excited. Not for, for that. kids. Super not, not for no. kids. Not for kids. I'll take Charlie. No, <laughs> no. She still likes clowns. Oh, yeah. You need to teach her. Not otherwise. for long. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, listeners, uh, for joining us. Thank you, sisters. Thank you for seeing the movie and talking to me about it 
And uh, and like I said, I would I would stand by my recommendation to go see yeah, it. Yeah, even if you haven't read the books. Yep. Uh, and you should also check out MaximumFun.org if you like podcasts, because there are many, and they are excellent, and you should listen to them. <laughs> and you can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or comments, or if you want to tell us if Halloween tents exist outside of our mall yeah. area. Or in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. Please let us know. Or you can tell us on Twitter at StillBuff, because uh, we will check that too. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And I was Do that. Do that. Do that. I'll do that. Go Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.